Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary. I went to Get Some Podcast. My guest this week, uh, I don't know if I'm not going to ask him to do any voices, even though that's what he does. <laughs> Aries Spears, the, a.k.a. the youngest guy to ever do Def Jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mad TV. How many years were you on Eight Mad years. TV? Eight? Eight years, yeah. You know, I, was, I think I was there when you got the part. Really? At the Comedy Store in La Jolla. I, and I'm, I'm at the Comedy Store on Sunset. Well, let me stop you, because the way I got it was so non-traditional. Uh, so I know, I know that can't be true. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, long story short, um, and you might, I'm sure you know this because you've been in the game for a minute. Uh, back in the day when they used to give development deals and mm-hmm. I first moved to Cali, for my first five years, I was in a development situation every year. You know, and this is not me being uh, uh, vain. I'm just telling you what it is. But I came to town. Shit popped off really quick for me. And word spread Yo, there's this hot young kid, blah, blah, blah. So everybody wanted to give me a deal. So I ended up jumping from NBC, CBS, ABC, uh, holding deal, holding deal, holding deal for one year, made a ton of money, but never did anything. Long story short, I auditioned for Mad TV year one and didn't get it. Or they wanted me, but I was already locked into a, a deal with Aaron Spelling. So when it just worked itself out that by season three, uh, I still hadn't done anything with Fox, and the producers were like, well, we, we wanted him on Mad, so let's just put him on. And I ended up getting on third season. So it wasn't like I, I went to a comedy show, killed it, and then they said, we want you. It just was a different kind of, the way it all molded together was different. Well, then what I saw was the comedy store, and they must have had the producers come out that night right. to maybe like confirm it. Okay. Because I remember you was on stage, and I remember you had the Michael Jackson in a wheelchair bit where you were like, er, er, and the crowd was going nah, that nuts. that wasn't me. That was no, you. That wasn't me, Michael brother. Jackson in a wheelchair. I never did Michael in a wheelchair. I did Michael Jackson one time, and it was when I did Def Comedy Jam when I was 16, and I wore a wig, and I tried to light my hair on fire. No, I don't know that I, joke. But yeah, but I, that was my- that, was, that had to be you. No, nah, it wasn't me, brother. Come it on. Wasn't me. I swear to God, it wasn't me, Gary. You, let me see your arm. You got Asian tattoos? You had those tattoos. It wasn't me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I never did a bit in a wheelchair. Hold on, I hold on. I acted like I was in a wheelchair. You didn't do a Michael Jackson bit? No, I did a Michael Jackson bit. What was it? No, I, was it? Doing a Pepsi commercial. And I only did this Michael Jackson bit on Def Jam, where, again, I wore a wig. I tried to light my hair on fire. I ripped my shirt open. Ah! And then I dedicated the show to my mother. Well, who the hell did the Michael Jackson bit in a I wheelchair? I don't know, baby. But any, you know, a lot of motherfuckers did Michael Jackson. So it could have been a a number of Negroes. See, I don't do drugs. So I'm like, (laughs) I know I wasn't high. I could, man. It wasn't me, baby. I promise you it wasn't me. And I I can be a vain motherfucker. So if if it was a killer bit, I would have owned up to it. Okay, let me make sure. In my mind, that night, you're set. I got got a good memory. That's why I'm shocked that that's not your bit. I remember like I saw you on stage. I remember Guy. Guy would always tell us when um, execs were coming. Mm-hmm. And he, a good thing about Guy Tory and Fat Tuesday, he always tried to set people up for success. So if you're if they knew they were coming to see Aries, he wasn't going to have you go last and put eight people in front of you. So you're right. going in front of a crowd, uh, right. a, a, a tired crowd. He always made sure, okay, if they're coming to see Aries tonight or whoever, let's put them up third, right in the middle, yeah. the pot, sweet spot. I could have swore. Yeah. <laughs> nah. And here's another tidbit for you. Anytime I ever performed in front of industry, it was never at one of the black clubs. So I only fuck with the whites. Uh, joking. Uh, but you know I, I, mean? I, I, just, I, I never did it. Do you ha- okay, you did have the bit. 
Let me ask you this. It's just so I got, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I got the right guest on. You did have a bit where you said, you know, you're a bad motherfucker when they don't even say the team. They say Michael yes. Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Okay. I swear to God, it was the same night. Nah, not the wheelchair. <laughs> not the wheelchair at all. I thought you did the, I'm going to make, and you did, and Mike was such a cold motherfucker. He went, and he just went you like this, and then you skirted Dude, it around. I, I just, I, listen, I'm 45 you now. You lived it that night. That could be the case, because I'm 45, so I don't remember. I, I, you know, I'm, I've been in this game since I was 14, 30 years. So, you know, my, my years in this game is like dog years. So I, I, I might be, you know what I mean? But I might have ad-libbed it. If I did it, I ad-libbed it. But I don't remember that. I swear on my life, because... I, you know, I just got to LA and this was 97. You might be right, man. I, I think I'm right. Okay. Because you said, you know, Michael Jackson's a bad motherfucker. And I, you might have added it because somebody might have did a Michael Jackson bit before you. Mm. And you might have just went with it. Because right. then you commenting on what they comment. You, you did some wheelchair shit and you was like, something like that. I, I could be wrong. You might be right. But I'm trying to remember, because I, what I remember about the night is, I swear to God, like the next month he was on Mad TV. And I remember really? there was all these white execs in the booth where guy puts people in the booth. Right. And then they was like, guy was telling me, go, yeah, they got some people here to see Aries tonight. I go, oh. And then uh, it was like the Ooh. next month he was on Mad TV. Right. Okay. I swear. Right. I could be wrong. You might be right, though. I, I, you know, first of all, I just want to say I love... You're all white layout. You like that? Uh, how come you got no brothers on the wall? This is this is my thing. <laughs> these are legends. Yes. And and not I'm not gonna say I'm a legend, but these are guys that did very well in black dominated genres. Yes. Rap, basketball, and then comedy. I'm a black comic. Which black I will comic. Lay, I will later want to ask you a question in regards to that. But go ahead. No, I I, I remember the first time seeing you, and I, I know you don't remember this, but it was at the Comedy Act Theater in the the hood. It was in the hood. Yeah. And this is nice. I wouldn't even live in here. Right. I just came up and I don't know who I'm following. So you just, you get there, you're new. And you know, the, the, this is what I like about when I came to LA and I was doing the black rooms. The reason I did the black rooms, I don't know if you knew that. Right. I couldn't oh, get up yeah. on the mainstream rooms. Yeah. I stood in line for three hours at the comedy store for the open mic. Right. I, I showcased for Mitzi Shore. She said no, basically. Right. So I was like, Guy saw me. And Guy was like, yo, you can." I knew somebody knew Guy. He was like, try Fat Tuesday. Yeah. So I did it. And that one time on Fat Tuesday, then everyone's like, dude, you can go here, here, right. here. That's why I started doing all the black spots because yeah. I was like, I could get stage time. So I go to the Comedy Act, and I don't know. I got Remember Terrence, Heavy Set Terrence from St. Louis? Yes, that's my guy. Yeah, store. Guy Tory's guy. Yeah. yeah. So he was the one taking me around. So he said, let's go to the Comedy Act. It was a Friday night. And I just remember it was... T.K. Kirkland, you, and somebody else. And I went after it. I remember thinking, oh, these guys are pretty fucking funny. <laughs> it's like, why am I going after this? And I just remember you walked in. You were so young. We were all young. But I was like, who's that kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you just said it, man. We, you know, How long have you been doing it? Uh, I started in 97. I started in okay. 97. All right. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got, like you, I had a lot of um, breaks early. Right. Like when I did Comic View... I've been doing stand-up maybe six months when I got on, and right. then I became the host six months later. So I was doing comedy like less than a year when they gave me the hosting job with Comic View. Right. If you ever look at the hour special Comic View gave me in 97, it was the slowest hour because I was pacing myself. Really? So I'd say a joke, and I'd be like, yeah, and I'd <laughs> walk to stay. <laughs> Two things. Um, <laughs> you know what's interesting is when you look back on all our younger years, 
and I say this, it's amazing, because I remember back, and now we're going to really, I'm going to date myself, we're going to date ourselves, but back in the day when you could go to a Tower Records or a record store, yeah. and they would have the DVDs, Best of Death Jam, all the episodes, and I remember, I, I, and I wasn't even looking at it, like I bought one and looked at it, I was looking on YouTube, but I was just looking at all of our sets, and you could see how green we were because, like you said, when you would go, yeah, like Bill Bellamy's, he kept going, yo, that's crazy, right? Right. And the things we would say, <laughs> the extra movements we would make, we were good, we were funny, but we were so raw. And now when you look at our sets, we're like jazz players, man. We just, we just relax. It's cool. Oh, we let it I come you, to us. I thought you meant Utah Jazz. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. Come on, man. No, no, not that white. Uh, um, but we all just let it come to us. And and to see the transition from uh, uh, nervous rabbits to mm. we got this. But you started awesome, young. Man. Yeah, yeah, 14. So you're, okay, so you're just in junior high and you're like, I'm going to be a stand-up? Well, I always knew I wanted to be uh Famous. I, I think I just wanted fame. So I tried to rap, which I knew wasn't for me. I tried boxing, but I come from a family of bad stock, so that ain't in my that ain't, that ain't in my my my, my shit. Uh, but I always was funny. I just didn't know that's what I wanted to do. And and let me just give a hat tip moment to you and anybody that ever listens to my podcast or knows me personally knows I'm not in the ass kissing business. So when I say this, it's genuine. One of the things that I, I love about you, and I'm going to refer to your wall for a second, uh, because let's be real, you know, Larry Bird said black bo- basketball is a black man's game. The best players are black. He would get mm-hmm. offended when a, the coach would put a white player to defend him. You know, Eminem, one of the greatest lyricists in hip hop. Uh, but what I love about you in, in accordance with them is I can't stand white comics who pander to black people to get laughs. And you don't yeah. do that. No. Nah. Your material is strong enough to where you go, I'm going to just be me and be funny without having to do the, you know, all the nigga shit that make niggas go crazy. Because yeah. the minute a white boy hits the stage and he talk like us, swag like us, boy, the white boy crazy. And niggas, we eat that up. Yeah. The minute the white boy crazy, man, the motherfucker right here. And you ain't never done that. You always just went, my material. And I just, I love the fact you don't pander, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I always tell people, you don't, you don't choose your audience, they choose you. Right. So when people be like, uh, you know, why, why'd you try that? Why you got the black audience? I go, dude, I would did Telemundo if I knew Spanish. Right. I go, BT gave me a shot when I couldn't get on the other right. stages. And I became friends with a lot of black comics because that's who I got to meet when I first got to L.A. Right. So that's who I was hanging out with. Well, your crowd chooses you. But again, to that point, a lot of them dudes are trying to choose them. And, and that, 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 that little ploy, that pandering ploy, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just an easy crutch, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, you still got to be funny, mm-hmm. but I just, I, that was always a turnoff to me, man. I always used to say, I don't care if brothers date white women, but don't date white women that act black. The fuck yeah. is the point in that? It's like, man, <laughs> I if I say, want, they always get the same haircut, too. Right. It's oh, yeah, you know. Apart, it's I, I, short, here it is. shaved from the, the side. I fuck niggas haircut. Hair. Shave, brushable in the back, yeah. the comb over right here. That's the let I'm me saying, see your manager. Well, I fuck niggas' haircut. It should be on the board at the beauty salons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me get to I, yeah. I suck black dick number yeah. seven. <laughs> You're going to kill him at, at, at Summer Jam with yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freak Nick. Let me get the white girl black Freak Nick. Uh, but you never, I, we've never been like, I, honestly, this is probably, when this is over, this is probably the longest conversation we've had. Right. It's usually just been like, 
in passing, hang out a little bit, you know. And one thing, one thing I'll say about you, you do, you never bite your tongue. You're always a good interview. So when you hit me like, let's come on the podcast, I go, ooh, I wonder if I'm gonna get an Aries moment. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I was wondering if you would even take me. Uh, Cause you know, kind of what you said and, and you know, obviously look, I'm new to the podcast world and, and part of how you, from what I've been told, grow your podcast is to do other people's podcasts. So while mm -hmm. that is part of the agenda, mm -hmm. I also want to do other people's podcasts, especially comedians, because I, like, I desperately want to dispel this myth that I'm an asshole. Cause, and, and I think, you know, sometimes I hear some of the stories people tell me and I go, I did have some asshole moments. But I was young. But your asshole moments are in front of the camera. A lot of, com here's the thing, a lot of com and we all know, we're all, we're all little, we all gossip when we're in dressing rooms and we're one-on-one. -on -one. I think we're, where you do it, you're always on somebody's in front of a microphone. And you're in, I don't even think you're gossiping. Sometimes you give your blunt, honest opinion on some things. Right. And I can see how some people misconstrue that as hating. I never looked at it like that. I go, oh, being honest, and, you know, I never take offense if I'm not in somebody's top 10 comedians. Right. I'm like, that's your opinion. Right. You know, but sometimes I, I would just say, I go, when I, when I would see you going off on people, I was like, dang, I go, the thing about the the this business is it always comes full circle, right. and I, I I like to see people just flourish because I feel right. like one comic one comic goes up here he brings another comic with him right. or there might be a movie because I heard you talk about the Jordan Peele thing on yeah. was that Vlad yeah you talked about it yeah and I think from that moment and I could be wrong I think you like said oh shit sometimes I should just hold oh, my tongue oh listen listen there are moments where. I go back and I look at stuff and I cringe or even, you know, as I sit around by myself sometimes, I, you know, I got to do a better job of knowing when to shut the fuck up because I always feel like even when I say some of the things I say, if I'm honest about it uh, and I come from it at a certain angle, I could get you to see what it is I'm trying to convey. Uh, but like you said, no matter how hard you try to put it right, People misconstrue that. And, and, mm -hmm. if, and if they don't like you to begin with, they're just looking for a reason to continue that. Mm -hmm. They don't give a fuck what you say or how well you try to say it. They just want to be able to go, I, 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 I told you. I told you that I, There's a reason why I ain't like that motherfucker. Well, sometimes you, I, I, in some interviews, you take the bait too. I'll be like this. Oh, Ari, I'll be looking at you like this. Don't answer that. Don't answer that honestly. Because people try to do that to me, I'd be like this. You ain't taking me down that hole. Because right. I've done the breakfast club, and a couple of times they tried to get me to say something. I said, uh-uh, I'm not going there. I got to do that with me. There's, there's an art. <laughs> I, I recently talked to a dude. I won't say his name, but his, his brother's one of the biggest movie guys in the game. And he was just like, and, I, and it didn't really click for me until he put it this way. But he was like, what you do on stage will always be looked at as a performance. Even if people are offended by it, they go, it's a performance. So it's subjective. I always thought that doing an interview was no more of an extension than being on stage. So the same way I would talk shit on stage, I'll do an interview. But those are two different worlds. And because mm -hmm. I'm not up here performing technically, people look at that and they go, oh, he means that. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's coming from this place with that. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm really not. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So this in and of itself, this interview shit is its own art form. And mm. one has nothing to do with the other. 
So yeah. I'm trying to figure out as I go through trial and error, which is a unfortunate, dangerous way to go, because sometimes you make mistakes that you can't take back. So I'm I'm going, okay, last interview, don't do this. You gotta be careful of that. You gotta look for the bait. I just never strategically went into an interview like that. I just thought we talking, we talking. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. So Well, and that's the good thing about podcasts, because the same way we're talking, some of the people that you've quote unquote gone after. Right. I mean, to me, those are the people I would try to get on my podcast if I'm you. So you can right. clear the air. And you can't just be blunt, honest well, but, with but, them. But again, that's why I'm glad you're letting me do this. Cause, because, again, I've heard all the rumors. I, I hear what people say. And sometimes in frustration, I go, when the fuck did I do that? Yeah. Like, why, why, why are you perceiving me like that? So by coming on here, you give me a chance to go, look. And at the end of the day, you still, if you decided already you're going to like me or if you don't like me, ain't nothing I can do about that. But I would at least like an opportunity to go, look, man, I'm, I'm really not like that you know i'm just i'm a blunt dude i'm this i'm that i used to do a joke where i was talking about losing weight and i go uh listen man it's not rocket science we all know what to do eat sensibly work out but my problem is i got michael jordan dreams but dennis Rodman habits you know what i mean like i want to be that dude i want to be bop 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 madison avenue you're like a but, uh, i'm more uh, annie up mop man I, I just you know so i'm trying to get better with it you're like a, a, a D1 athlete with D3 work ethic. There you go. Right. There you go, man. I don't know athletics like that, so I don't know if that's accurate, but I know you do. One, like, you got the talent to go to Ohio State, but okay. your work ethic is like, ah, I got you. I'm going to be at you. Miami of Ohio. I got you. You know what I mean? All right. All that's right. tough, man, working out and eating right. Shit, that's hard. Because I saw you went, on, you went on social media like, yo, I need some help here. Yeah, you know? man. You and should I... watch last week's podcast with Romney. You, oh, have you yeah. ever come in contact with Romney and Malco? Once upon a long time ago, we know each other. I'm gonna give this. you. I'm gonna give you his number once we're done. Okay. Shoot that dude a text because just mentally and he, when you talk about getting in shape and just being healthy, especially in this pandemic, right. Rami knows everything. He should be the Dozeki's guy, most right. interesting man in the world. I heard you on Instagram or something talking about some guy told you to a uh, uh, paper sandwich or something. You was like, I can't do that, man. He was telling mm. you not to eat anything, basically. Mm. You go, I can't do that. Rami, he's easy because he'll tell you what not to eat, not tell you what to eat. And to me, that's easier. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, listen, again, unless you're an idiot, you know what it is. Yeah, that's true. You know what to do. Yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> pussy cigarettes and alcohol, uh, broccoli, asparagus, books, <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> shit, I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how we're in a so we're we're in a weird state right now. We got before the, we jump to that, and and let me just say this. Okay, go ahead, take it no, over. No, 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 no. Why, we, no, no, why, no, why are we on the thing? Because from the racial aspect, you know, and I mentioned this on Vlad. One of the things that was said about me, especially from regular motherfucker like comics who don't have credits, yo, Aries don't um, let black people open up for him. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to cut you off. When you explained it, I got it. When and you Guy Tory, it, and I Guy Tory even went, yeah. Alex Thomas, too, because we're comics. So it ain't like, oh, shit, I'm threatened by another black guy. It ain't that. I know what I'm going to do in terms of my material. But mm. because you're black, there's going to be certain things we just going to touch on. And I don't mm. want it to be an overload. Mm -hmm. If you black and we don't touch on the same shit, mm -hmm. I'm with you. And at the end of the day, what I wanted to say that I'm going to say now that I didn't say on Vlad. And when I say to these young dudes, where well, I'm here. Like, come on, man. And, and you can take this as arrogant, vain. What the 
fuck I look like answering to a bunch of undercards and I'm the main event? You want to be the, 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 the main event? Get your stripes up, nigga, and get your own show. Fuck I look like going, hey, someone with no credits, let me check in with you. Fuck out of well, here. Well, it's, it's, it's similar to... Was that the shit you was talking about, Gary, the bait? Did I just... Did I, nah, no. Nah. Oh, right. When you explain it, listen, when you first said it, I just went, okay, uh, let me hear the whole reasoning. I never... I'm in a, I'm in a spot now or well over 40. I don't go off a two-minute snippet or what I hear somebody say because there's so many clickbaits out there. Right. So when I heard it, I was like this. Okay, let me hear what Aries really talking about. And then when I heard you explain, I go, makes sense. That's also why a lot of headliners bring their own openers. Right. Because they can tell them, um, don't talk about this. There's a new bit. Don't talk about this, this. And you know they're going to do it. Right. Listen, I, I always tell comics all the time, especially openers coming up, what you don't want to say to a headliner is, man, I'm killing it right now. You, you ain't ready for this fire. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to follow that. <laughs> you are too funny. Right. Not that I mean it, but I'm right. like, I said the, the quickest way to, to, to get stay working in this business, and especially with headliners, is just do your time and be on time. And there's nothing worse than a guy going before you and going long, like right. well over. Right. Like I've cut a couple comics off, and right. I was honest with you, I said, you don't get off. Uh, I don't want to work with you again. You right. don't get off stage. And they will argue with me. And I'm like, And the fact that they're arguing me. with you. You're offending me now. It's insane. But I'm like, you're offending me now. Like, right. now I'm not stupid. Dude, I remember uh, one time I got back from a gig, and it just so happened timing-wise, Guy Tory, myself, and Alex Thomas all met at Baggage Claim. We were all coming back from separate gigs. And we were talking about this. And Alex put it perfectly. He goes, I don't want to have a guy in front of me Finish up his act, and he goes, and that's how you eat corn out of bitch booty hole. Give it up for your headliner. <laughs> and now I'm supposed to come out and talk about my trip to France? Like yeah. He goes, if you want to do that raunchy, crazy, wild shit, there's a night for that. Mm-hmm. But don't put me and him on the same bill. Yeah. And it ain't a question of, wow, is Alex funnier than this guy? That's not the point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's Alex's show. He has a certain flow and a rhythm and a cadence. Yeah, it's two different, you know, it just creates a different space comedically for the crowd. So I got where you, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I, it's like uh, when you're on the road and you got an opener you and you don't know the opener, there's a lot that goes into it, man. You don't know what their agenda is. I honestly, I love seeing young, hungry guys. Mm. I like honestly when I'm on the road and and I, they'll sometimes I'll ask for a guest spot, which I'm I'm not a big fan of, but sometimes I'll say yes, yeah, sometimes right. I don't want to deal with it. Right. But I almost like it better when a guy's. I know it sounds awful, struggling, right. but he's opening up his life right. rather than it's almost like with Chappelle's 8:46 when he was like, I got some pussy jokes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when you go up there and be like this, who likes getting their dick sucked? Everybody. Gay guys, straight guys, we all like getting our dick sucked. And listen, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's fine. It's comedy. Funny is money. Yeah. As long as it's funny, who gives a fuck? But there's degrees to this shit. There's levels to this shit. And sometimes when you take those things into consideration, how you want to flow, your rhythm, the timing, all of that plays a factor. And, and again, let me go back. When you just mentioned Dave Chappelle going, I got some dick and pussy jokes. When, we, when you start out, and, and Patrice O'Neill, God rest his soul, one of the greatest comics to ever live, he goes, and I'm a victim of this. Most comics are afraid of silence. They're oh, afraid I, I to love bomb. It. I love it now. I'm trying to get to a point where I can go, 
all right, I'm working out this new bit. It's not going the way I thought or I'm not getting what I thought I would get right here. Don't go into panic mode. They ain't laughing. I got to be funny. When Dave can sit back and realize, ain't no laughs right now, but then watch this. Don't worry, I got some dick and pussy jokes. Laugh. He knows how to take that moment, get what he needs to get, and keep it going. You learn that once you've put in your years. You've earned your stripes. So, And I'm still learning, and I'm 30 years in. So the arrogance of new dudes trying to tell me what it is, nigga, there's a reason you the undercard, and I'm the main event. <laughs> You're starting to get angry. Oh, no, no. You know, you've been around enough niggas. That's just black passion. Like this. Oh, shit. Harris is coming. No, no, that's... that's I was like, please don't name any names. No, no, that's black passion. No, I got you. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. But yeah, I understand it. Like, I, I've used the same openers. Like, I've the last 10 years, I've gone through three different openers. Right. But I knew they had my best interest right. being the headliner. So I get that, you're comfortable, because you know, you do, I understand I was that guy at one point where you're asking people, hey, can I get on? But there's, a, there's an approach to it. Right. Uh, you know, Ke when Kev, how we met uh, was Caroline's, and a guy named Dolphin out of Philly said I got this young guy named Kevin Hart. The way he came at me was, hey man, I don't want to bother you, I know you're busy, and da da da, -da. Yeah, oh. he, was, he was very polite, and I was like, hey, come on, do a guest spot. He, he reeled me in, because right. you know, Kevin's charming as shit, when you're in person on the phone with him. So he, bop, 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 bop. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, he reeled me in. I go, yeah, man, yeah. come on. Man. You know? No, let, let's just get into it since we're talking about it. Like you, you've gone off on Naeem. Well, on I Kevin. went off on Naeem because Naeem stepped out of bounds. What was and that all about? I don't know the whole you, story. You know what it's about, the Plastic Cup Boys. Kevin's the, and you know, I'm not gonna turn this into, as I'm listening to Gary, I'm not going to yeah. turn this into but it's going a down a rabbit hole. No, I'm not take, trying to take no, down no, no, a rabbit no, hole. I know, I know. I'm just saying how people will perceive because of the past interviews where I've said things about Kevin. Look, Kevin's, Kevin's the, the, the guy. And, and mm -hmm. Naeem and those guys, they're his guys. Mm -hmm. So if they felt a certain way, like they needed to defend him, mm -hmm. okay. But don't expect me not to defend me. Mm -hmm. So Naeem was out of pocket when he said a lot of shit for a dude whose stripes don't match mine. And I could tell that by what he said. So Naeem came at you? Yeah. See, I, don't, I didn't know all Yeah, this. he got on Comedy Hype and said, you know, Aries this and Aries that and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at it and I said, okay, let's go. That was, he was responding to what, an interview you did or well, something? But an interview I might have said where I mentioned Kevin. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get into all the particulars, but, you know, again, he struck first. Mm -hmm. So I, I retaliated. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kev is like, that's they, he's put money in his pocket. You're okay, going to defend and, and, the guy of course, for that. Of course. You know, you know, but, you know, I, would ex I would expect my guys to go to bat for me too. Okay. But, but you just know? remember who you're going to bat against. I get it. Look, I'm not saying who's right or wrong. Right. I'm just saying. And I'm I, not either. I get it when someone, any of those plastic cup boys who's Kevin has done a lot for and put yes. a lot of money on their pocket. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, or you, yeah, or, or you, if I'm or, Kevin, I'm like, motherfucker, you better defend me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because look, I've had people come at me in in different situations on the road, and my guys, I looked at them like, oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna let them take that. Right. I'll give you an instance. I had a guy open up for me. We was a Marco Island. Have you ever done Captain Brian's? Who? 
Ooh. You ever done Kevin Bryant? Or <laughs> <laughs> I say, every, not to bag on it, but it's almost like everything's good about the gig except the gig. <laughs> Those crowds all are I'm so say, flat. All I'm going to say is in my top five. <laughs> I ain't going to say best to worst. It's in my top oh, it's five. Worst. I'll say it worst. Oh, it's just flat. They're old. Whew. They're flat. So let me tell you what happened at Kevin Bryan's one night. So I got this guy opening up for me, right? There's a wedding party of about 50. The whole mm. the room only holds 200, right? right. So I, we got literally, we got 50 black people in the room. We got 150 white people, but 50 of the white people are together because some Italian family got married on Saturday. They don't mm. leave till Monday for Jamaica. So everybody just came to Captain Brian. Let's go to a comedy show on Sunday night. They don't know who's there, right? Right. They're loud. They're obnoxious for the opener. And he takes it as he not really dealing with them. All of a sudden, he starts having shots with them. Brings me on stage. Now he's in the crowd taking shots with these wedding party. They're interrupting the show. I tried to give him a couple breaks. Went at him a little bit. I said, you guys got to go. You're completely just not listening. So the girl goes, well, maybe you would say something funny. We'd be laughing, right? And why did this black guy go, you better sit the fuck down, bitch. The black dude said that? <laughs> the black lady. Oh, the black lady. Tell the white lady, you better right. sit the fuck down, bitch. Because <laughs> the black people are getting fed up. Right. So I said, this is what's going to happen. You guys are now, you're going to leave. You're going to pay your tab. I said, you're probably going to ask for your money back. That's not going to happen. I said, because I'm on a door deal. So you guys just put money in my pocket. I appreciate it. And you're going to pay your tab. So they got kicked out. They had to leave. But you know, the old Captain Brian's, there was the big outdoor patio. I've only there. been there once. How, what, what, how many years was it? Man, it was, it was, had to be at least 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. So you, you're at the spot I'm talking about where right. this happened. Right. So on the way out, right, they said, do you want to go out the back? Because they're still out front. I go, right. nah, I'm just going to go out front. I'm going to, you know, walking back to the hotel. Hotel was right across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, just have somebody walk me. So as we leave, the guy goes up to my opener and sticks his hand out and goes, hey, man, you, you were funny. funnier. Right. And I'm like this. So, so my guy, the guy shook his hand. I looked at him. I said, yo, man, who the fuck you with? He goes, what? I go, what was that? I go, you just like agreed with him. And he goes, nah, nah, nah. He was a New York cat. He goes, right. he goes nah. I held his hand in case he tried to do something. I had him. I was like, you got to give him credit for that. I said, you think I believe that shit? Right, right, right. <laughs> You're like the comic that went long and then told right. me it didn't go long right now. Right, right. I just looked at him. I said, you think I believe that shit? Right. I said, just be honest with me. Hey, man, I, I was feeling my ego a little bit. Right. He liked me. I thought I had new fans. I went with it. I'm now, okay let, with let, that. Let's, let's stop a second. Here's what I mean, and this and this is a prime example of what I mean by guys who haven't earned their stripes. If you've earned your stripes, you know better than to have shots with them after your set. Right. Because the thing is this, whether you're an A-list, box office, bonanza, superstar, a la Kevin Hart, or whether you're that dude, we're still in the same game. We're in the same hustle. Yeah, you're more famous, you're more rich, you're more popular, you're more everything than me. But we still fighters. It's like when you watch a boxing match and you go, okay, I'm watching this Oscar De La Hoya fight. But there go Lennox Lewis in the second row. Oh, shit, Tyson. Oh, shit, Roy Jones. There's a respect factor. Because we in the same hustle. We know out of respect. Hey, man, you don't do that. Let that come. We know how hard this shit is to do what we do. Respect. Be quiet. Don't heckle. I've seen some young comics heckle motherfuckers. How dare you? You mean, oh, you mean from the audience? Oh, from the audience. I'm thinking on stage. No, on the audience. Yeah. 
And I'm going, we don't do, what, what, what type of game is this? <laughs> we know how hard it is to do this. We know what it's like to bomb and feel like you want to die. And you know why you dying on stage. You go, that bitch I was trying to fuck, she ain't fucking me now. That pussy is gone, nigga. And she's staring you in the face third row like, you was going to get this, but not now. <laughs> you got to live with this humiliation. And as a fellow comic, you know that. Mm. And you doing this? Yeah. Oh no, nah, man. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad I'm I'm past those days, cause you know we all I am start too. Out. Which 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 is why sometimes, like uh, you you know Rob Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got a. Oh yeah, the salsa con fuego. Listen, dude, <laughs> I've done it twice, <laughs> and after I did it the first time, I said never again. But I said, you know what? Fuck it, and I did it again. Now never again, because yeah. we're 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 and again this. We're at that point where been there, done that. That's how we made our bones yeah. coming up in them rooms where niggas will shoot you if you ain't funny. Now it's like, and, and again, not to come off like I'm better than anybody, but I'm like, dude, TV credits, decades, you've earned your stripes, you've been in this room. You go there and you go, oh, do I want to put myself through this? Well, you know what it is? Chuckles. You know what it is? When you go to a room like that, it's work. Where improvs and funny bones, you're like, okay, I'm here to have fun. This is right. this is why I got into this business, right? Because I'm gonna enjoy myself tonight, right? Where you go to room, and I, I love Rob, and I don't want him to see his. I like, love hey, him too, man. I love but him too. When you go to that room, you're like, oh. yes, oh, I'm at work. Yeah, I am clocking yeah. in right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to work this and, hard. And <laughs> and unless you're killing it, there are points where I'm on the mic going, I know I'm good. I, I know I'm funny. Why is this? Why is this like this? He told me he was a lot of Puerto Ricans. He didn't tell me he didn't speak English. Right. <laughs> like, I'm better than this. And you question your whole fucking career in the span of 15 minutes. Well, you also a room like that. You don't have control. Like you're talking about. Right. You're telling guys who you want in front of you. Right. Every time I've done it, I'm like, he goes, Rob will say, it's just going to be me, this guy, and you. All of a sudden, like, five other guys go up. I'm like, yeah. what just happened? And right. Like, and Rob's such a nice guy. I'm like, hey, man, yeah, he just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to throw him on. And Rob's so nice, like this. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Right. But in the back of your mind, you're like, no, motherfucker. Dude, we talked about let me this. tell you something. From the time, the second time I did it, from the time I woke up that morning to the drive from Manhattan was it the Bronx? It's in the Bronx. Something like Brooklyn. that. Brooklyn. One of those. The whole. I think it's the Bronx. You just got the bubble guts, nigga. Yeah. Because you, you know you're not gonna get booed, but you're also going. You're not relaxed. I'm not gonna crush this motherfucker. Yeah. And you just. And you're going last. Yeah. You're going last. Yeah. Yeah. And and prior to going on, everybody's in my ear. Man, I love you, dog. Respect. Yo, you one of the baddest. You in my top five. Nigga, that's not being conveyed while I'm on stage. <laughs> They'll come up to you afterwards. And tell you and the same like this. shit. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. That's the weird thing about this business. Especially, do you do merch after shows? Yeah. You'll murder a crowd oh. and think, I'm about to sell everything. Sell that. sell shit. Do a show where you feel you stunk and, and sell everything. Yeah, everything be a lie. You'll be like this. What just happened? I'll be, sometimes I'll be in the green room. I'll be like, we're, we're about to kill. I usually take a few minutes before I right. do a meet and greet. I'm like, and I'll look out there and I'll be like, there's got to be a line. I go, why, why isn't the lining up? I just destroyed. And then you'll have the flat ones and the line will be around the yep. corner. You'll be like this, what was that? Let me ask you this, because I, if I can remember, uh, and I hope I'm not taking you down a rabbit hole, 
Nah. But I remember there was a little bit of controversy. Something on Twitter about the N-word. I, I Listen, I've never typed the N-word. Right. I've never said the N-word in public. Right. Now, I'm in my car singing songs. Yeah, I probably sang it. I'm like, right. I, I hate when white people are like, I've never said it. I go, please. Fuck up, we've all said right. it. Let me tell you something. When OJ got arrested the second time for stealing his own shit, knowing he beat the system and killed two white people, I went, this nigga. Yeah. Now, I'm saying it. <laughs> and that's OJ. No white folks said No, it. the controversy was, uh, and here's what happened. It was just like, you talking about last year? I don't remember when it was, but I... I literally typed out, and this is what was going on. Damian Lillard hit that shot to beat Oklahoma City. Yes. I'm at the Mary. I'm at a Mary. I'm at the Marriott by the San Francisco airport. I'm watching it with. I'm by myself watching it, but I got to talking to these two black dudes that were sitting next to me. I thought you was gonna say I got to talk to these two niggas. No, no, no. no, no, no that's, a, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. I'm not going down. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So we're talking. We're watching the game. He hits the shot, and the the black guy next to me went that. Hit that shit, right? And then they, the TV went to the coach, Dave right. Stotts of Portland. Yes, yes, and, yes. It's coming I, back to me now. I literally looked at him. I said, I said, man, I said, the coach wanted to say that exact same thing, but he's not allowed. I said, right. Because the way he said it was perfect. Right. That, hit that shit. It was perfect timing. I said, coach wants to say it, but he's not allowed. They started laughing. That's what I tweeted. I said, damn, Portland's coach wants to say this N-word, I typed out N-word, hit that shit. I said, but he's not allowed. And all of a sudden, black Twitter. that's what I mean when I say, if you said that on stage, that's acceptable. Right. On Twitter, that's not conveyed. That comes off different. But, you know, Twitter and social media in general. Because it's funny. In the context of comedy, that's funny. I thought it was funny on Twitter. I, I would have thought it was funny if you said it on stage. Yeah. But it, I didn't even, I was like, so I can't even type N-word now? No. That's what killed me. No. I, I, you know who, who I've been cool with? Those, my whole career was Jamil Hill. Right. And I was going to do her podcast, and she said no because, because of that. that tweet. I was like, Did she ever wow. talk to you or give you an explanation to go, look, Gary. No. I like you. It's just. Yeah. And that's why I was like, a podcast would have been perfect. Right. To have the back and forth where I could have told this is what happened. Right. And if, if listen, she was offended, I'm like, that wasn't my intent. But there's so much other shit going on in the world. Right. That's what I always see like this. Like, I can look at my track record. Really? Right. That's what I was thinking. Jamel, we go way back. Like, right. I, I did her, his and hers so many times on ESPN. Right. You, I mean, you know me, you yeah. know? Like, when she wasn't coming to L.A. a lot, you know, we were texting, like, go to In-N-Out. Where should I eat? Shit like right, that. Right, right, right. We've been cool. That's, that was the thing that's going to, like, cut Gary off, that right. one tweet. Right. We're in such a social media age now. Even when we watch the news, they'll make you think, like, we're about to have a race war and all this other shit. But if you just go by day-to-day life and talk to people and hang out, most people are still being just cool and cordial when you're around them in person. Yeah, because you're in person. Right. Behind closed doors, it's a different animal. Exactly. Right. Um, let me ask you, in terms of comedy context, you've never said the N-word on stage, right? Mm-mm. And you never would? Nope. No matter how funny the joke is, no matter... There's been a couple. I've been like, oh, that would, that would kill. It. Here's the thing. If I, if I ever said the N-word on stage, and let's say that I'm in a theater, there's 5,000 people, 4,999 mm-hmm. could laugh. Right. That one person that don't like it gets on social media. And then you would think the whole crowd didn't like it, and there's a firestorm. Now, you know what's funny about that? My opener, um, 
Andy Steinberg, who's also my podcast partner, he has one joke where he says the N-word, and he says it. Now, off stage, he like even on the podcast when we're going back and forth on comedic shit, there are times when I go, based on the conversation, based on the joke, you should say it because it's fucking hilarious and it fits within a context. But he's so uncomfortable doing it, he just won't do it. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, on stage he's done it, and there's been instances here and there where, yeah, some black people have been so upset and irate, I had to calm them down. But, dude, I'm, I'm such a stickler. And, again, bringing up the greatest, one of the greatest, Patrice O'Neal, one of the things I loved about Patrice, that I don't give a fuck attitude. This is what mm-hmm. we do. This is how we eat. This mm-hmm. is what this is. And the minute you walk into that club and you sit down, if you can't handle it, first of all, you should know who you're seeing. And if you don't and you got tricked that way, well, then that's on you, you dumb motherfucker. But if you know what this is, then how can you be mad at it? And if you are, mm-hmm. you can leave. Right. I, I, you know, I, I just think, and look, and we did Jay Moore's podcast, when uh, Andy and I, and he, you know, he addressed it and, and put it into perspective to make Andy see it. Now, that, that ain't going to change how comfortable you are. But, you know, I think in the context of comedy, Anything should be able to fly if it's funny. I listen. I don't get offended by nothing. Right. Nothing offends me. Right. Nothing. You could talk about my kids, my wife. I know you, that's not the proper thing to say. You ain't gonna talk about my wife. I go. Look, we're good. We're solid. Yeah. yeah. And, but I agree with you on stage, and the audience just doesn't know any better. What What kills me is when comedians get offended. When you say something like that was that was too far, I go, there's nothing too far. If you're a comic and you get offended, you you are a fucking uh you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no business doing this. And I wanted to call you another word, but Gary's teaching me. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, man. Yeah. I want to see listen, I want to see you in more shit in front I do of too. The I do too. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to see you. It. Because not to keep going back to Kevin, I'm gonna leave it alone. But I just pitched a show to Kevin right. um, last week right. because we're we're cool. I was able to just call him directly and be like, "Yo, who do I call at Heartbeat?" And you know, I just wanna I don't want to see anybody like not get work over something they said in right. the heat of the moment. Right. That that's my thing because I know you know you voiced it before. You're like people don't realize I ain't been in a movie in in couple years. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? But you're you're still a working comic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, so, I, 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 and this is a, you know, thank you to the fans and the hardcore comedy lovers. Jerry Maguire was the last major movie I'd been in. I had done some small shit along the way afterwards, mm-hmm. but shit, that was twenty some years ago. Yeah, uh, I hadn't been on TV uh, consistently in over a decade, uh, but I'm still working and I'm still selling places out. Why? Because I think at the end of the day. The fans are able to separate what this is versus the the, the politics and the bullshit that is show business. Mm-hmm. Authenticity versus all that fluff. You well, know, we're in such a good age right now to be a stand-up because you you know I think we heard in the '80s all the comedy clubs were selling out. They were opening up on every street corner, yeah. and then the '90s it kind of got oversaturated with a lot of different TV shows. There was Common View, Def Jam, and the Improv, but HBO Def specials. Jam, and I always say, Def Jam came at a proper time for black comics, for black comics. Yes, because prior to Def Jam, it was one nigga per decade. Yeah, you know, Red in the '60s, prior '70s, '80s, Eddie. 
and Def Jam came and kicked the door open and said, nah, America, there's more than one funny us per, per decade. Well, that's what, you know, when people ask me who my favorite stand-ups are, who's, who's your favorite? I go, I, I, growing up, I go, it wasn't a favorite, it was Def Jam. Right. When I saw Def Comedy Jam and I saw the crowd going nuts and it looked like it was a goddamn party in the audience, mm-hmm. I was like this, oh, that's what I want. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this. I want that reaction. I want yeah. motherfuckers leaving the seats, hitting yeah. people, and shit. I go, right. wow. So Def Jam yes. was what like got me my juices flowing as a teenager. Like, oh shit. Yeah. And I remember being in, in the Navy, and we would go to somebody's apartment and at 10 p.m. on Fridays when it came on HBO. We'd be like this, yo, like one guy had cable. Right. And that's it was Def Jam, and then hit the nightclubs, right. the bass clubs. We were 18. But that's where we went. We had, our night was based around Def Comedy Jam. And see, that's no, 10 o'clock. A, right. And that's, a, and that's another thing why I, I, I tip my hat to you. Because look, and I remember, I think D. Militant wrote a book about comedy. And, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of black comics have said this, but it's much harder to do black rooms than white rooms. And there are a lot of A list, top notch white comics who I know would get booed out of a black room and look here's the thing it's hollywood this is not our business so they don't have to do the black rooms they don't have to right but the fact that you can rock a white room and a black room to me is respectable because it's a much harder gym you know what i mean and 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 again this Growth of Aries. I'm not gonna say no names. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of this. This episode's gonna be the Growth of Aries. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say no name, but I'm telling you, some of the biggest white names in comedy, I go, no way they survive Chuckles in Memphis. No. No way they survive <laughs> the Baltimore Chuckles. comedy factory. factory. Oh my God. No way, dude. No way. Because I'll go there some nights and go, God damn. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I. I Maybe I get the standing ovation. Maybe I don't. I'm not going to get booed, but I'm going, woo, okay. Yeah. So I'm going, that dude? Nah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the team. But I always say, when people ask me the difference between black and white rooms is one thing, one thing about Showtime at the Apollo and Def Jam, I do think it intimidated, not white people already somewhat intimidated by black people. You put a bunch of black people together, a lot of white people get intimidated by that in general, but- those shows definitely, I think, intimidated a lot of white comics. Because in my brain, I was like, oh, wow, that's what I want. I think a lot of white comics like, I want no part of that right. shit. Right, and that's what I'm saying. The fact that you're going, like Jay-Z said, don't run from the pain, go towards it. The fact mm-hmm. that you're going, oh, that's where the fire is? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of white comics go, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just go, it doesn't change your funny. Still yeah. funny. But how funny are you? But here's, I always say this about black and white rooms too. Uh, black people have no skeletons in the closet. Right. Like you said, anything goes in stand up. Right. Black rooms, anything goes. And if you're funny enough, they're going to they're gonna let you know you're funny enough. And if you're not funny enough, they're going to let you know. We're extreme. White people are very tolerant. Yes. They'll just sit there. I always used to say, white people applaud effort. Yeah. <laughs> if a comic come out and say a lot of shit, a lot of energy, a profanity laced rant, when you really break the joke down, there's no joke there. Yeah. But it was energy. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Niggas don't. Woo! We mad we paid to get in. You forced us to buy two drinks. 
nigga, bring it. <laughs> That's it. And if we love you, we doing backflips and handstands. If we don't, you're going to feel that too. And like one thing I know is about white comics, black comics are not self-deprecating. Niggas Mm-mm. got confidence. Facts. Niggas wear orange suits and gaiters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. In in July heat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Here's, okay, let me ask you this. This is the comic when you when I'm when I'm first starting out, I said, oh, when any comic ever showed up in the South with a full suit on and went, hey man, it's just a blessing to work with you. I go, oh, it's about to be all dick and pussy out of this guy's <laughs> mouth every time. <laughs> and the guy would come up. Hey man, it's just a blessing to be on the show with right. you. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah, bitches, I ate the ass and put shit in your ass and fuck your pussy and come on your face. I'm like, what happened to this? It's a blessing to yeah, work with me. Got on a suit. If they got a suit right. and they come up with the blessing, I go, oh, he about to be so vulgar. And right. there's gonna be no depth to this stand-up. Right, right. And I will say with black audiences, I have never seen a a, a black audience member get kicked out of a show because they were offended. I've seen black people heckle yes. and get escorted out of shows. Right. I've seen white people like, I, that's it, I'm out. I can't take right, this. I've right. never seen a black person do that in my yeah. whole career. Well, I mean, listen, uh, culturally, we just got that skin, man. You know, back in the day, back in my parents' day, they called it playing the dozens. You know, mm-hmm. we Jones in, whatever name you give it, we came up where, you know, we did that. We hurt each other's feelings and it was all good. White kids don't play that, which is why they shoot yeah. up schools when they get teased. You know what I mean? Just they don't have that thick skin, man. You know what I mean? Black people take anything. David David Williams has a funny joke about shooting up the schools where he said, You always make friends with the weird guy at right. the job or at the school, because that's right. the one shooting everybody. And he's like, Oh, he was nice to me. And let yeah, you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave him credit. Yeah, I gave him credit. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I before I got to LA. I think Alex Thomas told me this story. He made a bit about. Did you have a Did you have a TV show with Glenn Fry? Yes, South of Sunset. And it only Alan lasted Ashi, one episode. And they, they said you came to set, and they're like, "Yeah, you're canceled." Alex had a funny joke where Aries. He said, "Yeah, Aries pulled up to the gate, and he's like, you're not on the list.'" He goes, "Motherfucker, I want a TV show." They're like, right. "Nah, not anymore. You're not on the list." <laughs> yeah, now that's of course that's the comic spin. That didn't yeah, happen. Like I know, that. right? That's the comic spin. <laughs> but I get the gist of it. Yeah, man. Um, one episode. One episode. How you pull something after one episode? Well, here's the thing. Number one, there were so many things up against us. Number one, at that time, we were up against the number one show on television, Home Improvement, and Melrose Place. So we just got murdered, ratings-wise. Plus, at the time we aired, the California brush fires was going on. So we didn't even air in Los Angeles, because all the news coverage, all the TV coverage was on the fires. Then politically... Glenn Fry, God rest his soul, what a sweet man. But um, he wasn't a great actor. And he knew it, but what happened was, by the time we got to our first, by the time we got to the end of the first season's worth of shootings, episodes, he had hired an acting coach. So he had gotten better, but it, you know, he, he, it was really bad in the beginning. Mm. So he was so upset about the fact that he was not that good, he was like, yo, don't air those episodes. Let's reshoot them. And that would have cost tons of money. So the studio was like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. We're going to air them. So he got mad and cursed them out and threw a fit. So between the fires, home improvement, Melrose Place, and his attitude, the network was like, nah, you're done. One episode. One episode. And people don't realize. Yeah, I got a towel or something. I just want to wipe off a little bit. Plus, I'm yeah. starting to feel it's this. It's 
Just vodka. Yeah, no. just give me something to wipe <laughs> off with, man. There's, there's so much shit going on behind the cameras right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, y'all going to keep this together just like this. Don't even fucking try to edit that <laughs> shit. Harry's melted. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> brought me the soft shit. Thank you. That's funny. Uh, they, th my nickname on Think Like a Man was Sweaty Jackson. Because, you know, right? Samuel Jackson sweated the entire oh, yeah. movie of, of uh, what was the one with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, he was in time to Kill. Everybody sweated in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. hottest movie ever. Yes. So when we were on Think Like a Man, they put me in a suit. And I knew immediately, I go, oh, this ain't going with my chemistry right now. Right. And no undershirt. And we're shooting the scene. And I lean forward. It looked like I got shot in my back. Right. And it was like, it was just, they go, oh, shit. They had to cut. Right. I had to cool off. Then they put a jacket on me. That was their solution. I go, now I'm hotter. <laughs> and I'm a little claustrophobic, so they had me in the middle. And to be honest, I was probably a little nervous because this is the first scene I had with all the guys together. So I was like, I don't want to fuck it up. Right. And it was a lot of banner. Dude, I was leaking that whole day. Uh, they never let me live it down to this day. Really? Every time Ely, Jerry, Terrence, Sweaty Jackson, uh. Sweaty Jackson. <laughs> So anytime I see somebody sweating, I immediately empathize. I'm right. like, oh yeah, I yeah, get I, it. I was cool for, for but, most but of it. But all you got to do is let your body adjust, and then you got to wipe it off. And then you're like, okay, now I'm in the pocket. Yeah, no, I'm you good know? now. But what I, when you were talking about the, the show with Glenn Fry, what was it called again? South of Sunset. South of Sunset. Uh, I guess people don't realize how hard it is and how much work goes in just to get a show on the air to pull it after one episode is mine. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. And then here's what was crazy. So boom, that happened. I got on Matt TV, obviously, which was my longest run, eight years. That ended. And then I did a year with Damon on the underground on Showtime, which was his sketch. Yeah, show. I remember that. I auditioned for that. And it could have went longer. But I think Damon had certain things that he felt, you know, wasn't what it was or what it needed to be. And, you know, Damon's been in a ton of shit prior to that. Mm -hmm. And he, Damon got money. So he was like, eh, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm just like, isn't it great when your career hinges on another nigga's feelings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm no. trying to eat. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah. Who else was on that show, The Underground? Um, God, Mikey Day, who eventually yeah. got on Saturday Night Live. Was, uh, was Ju Damon Jr. Damon, on that? Damon Jr., Gabrielle, the black chick who's in all those commercials with Dion Cole. Gabrielle Dennis was on that? Yeah, she was She's on that. She's a homegirl. She's from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know she was on that. Yeah, What man. year was that? I can't remember. It had to be, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Bro. I think everybody everybody keeps trying to get that in living color. And that was just a moment well, in time. Let me go to something you just said when you said how hard it is. Like, you've been in a ton of things. And I'm going, at some point, don't you start saying to yourself, Shouldn't all this start to matter more? Like, yeah. like based on, on, on the things you've been in with the names attached, I would think Gary's got his own movie now oh. or his own TV show. Like, how I'm many, black famous. How many things do you need to do before Hollywood goes, okay, he's next level? Yeah, I don't, and I don't want, I'm not trying to oh, no, no. Or make you think because every time I'll turn on a movie, I go, damn, Gary's in this? Yeah. Oh, shit, okay. But then I'm going, where is Gary Owen's show? Yeah. Where well, I had the reality show on BET. Right. That got pulled after one season. Like I said, where's the Gary Owen's real show? Well, then, you know, that's the thing, right? Like right now, you know, I've kind of like you were you had all the holding deals. Right. I'm, I was similar. I had quite a few holding deals, couple pilots, nothing ever worked out. I walked away from a couple deals right. because of what you were saying. It the writing was so bad, every joke was black-white. I said, right. this ain't going to fly. I can't. Right. I walked away from a Fox deal 
where they was ready to do a put pilot. And I was like, I can't do this. Really? I cannot put my name on something like this because these guys, I was a garbage, I was going to be a garbage man in Indianapolis. And these writers put a Jewish guy on the garbage truck with me. And I go, there's no Jewish people like that in Indianapolis, Indiana, driving a garbage truck. They wanted the, like, the Jewish, Jewish. Girls and shit. All that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was like Jewish jokes and black and white <laughs> jokes. And I go, what the fuck? This is, but the writers were Jewish. Right. They were writing what they wanted. And then they kept doing shit like, I'll never forget this one scene. I was supposed to just get done having sex with my wife. And I was said. Was she white on the show? No, she's black. Okay. It's always black. Oh, okay. You're, but that's your call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, every time I pitch, I got to pitch my life. Yeah, you know gotcha, what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's always a, a, a version of it. I always right. say it's always like my life on steroids and HGH. Mm -hmm. Just a, a, you know, a stronger right. version. But I literally got, they, the, the line was, yeah, you know, now you, we did it. I was white. You know, we had sex right or something. I go, oh, my no. wife would stab me if I said something like that. They had it rhyme. Yeah. It was oh. so bad. I was like this. I can't do this show. Oh. And I kept like giving my notes like, no, you got to listen to me. They go, yeah. no, no, we got it. We got it. I was like, I just walked away. I you know, walked here, away. Here, here's what people really don't get about how crazy this business is. You know, there used to be how we would tradi traditionally go into an audition in front of a casting director. You get past that. Then it's producers, directors. From what I heard, Mel Gibson would never audition actors. He would just talk to him. It's an hour's talk. And based on that, he'd go, you got the part. Mm. And I love that because it's an actor understanding actors, understanding the process, the mind, what you got to go through. And we, we're in a business where everybody that has the power to say yay and nay aren't creative. So, mm -hmm. and, and they don't care about the creative. And they only care about the technical and the business. And, and I get it. It's show business. And people always say that, like, the show's bigger than, I mean, the business is bigger than the show. Is it? Because I, I think one feeds the other. If you don't have the right creativity, how can you sustain the business? And I, and I, I don't think they respect the, create, the creative part of it to where you can just go, you don't want to talk to me and find out if that makes sense? You want to mm -hmm. just say, I got it, as opposed to, do you understand black life? Black community, black issues. You don't even have a black writer on your staff, mm -hmm. and you're writing for a black family. Well, we're uh, it, we're in a different age now. I think that's we're about to see a change. Obviously, it's not going to be a perfect change, right. but I think with this Black Lives Matter movement and Hollywood getting on board, I think you're going to see more of that. Hopefully, I could, this is what I say about the growth of Aries. I always said, when are we going to do our generations like Harlem Nights? where we just get a bunch right. of funny comics together, put all our egos aside. And I think, I think Coming to America 2 somewhat did that. I think Eddie casted a lot of comedians in that. that really? I, I know Michael Blackson's in it, Tiffany's in it, Leslie Jones is in it. Right. Uh, so he didn't put a lot of comics, but I'm talking all about just- All the niggas in African. Yeah. <laughs> the one nigga that belongs in the movie and all the hot motherfuckers. You but, didn't name any niggas that could use the help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they filmed it in 2014. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tiffany was. Got you. No, but I, I, I really, I, that to me, I was like, I would love to be a part of that. Where we just, even the guys that. So you're not in that. I'm not in that. Oh shit. No, no. 
But, you know, like you said, talking about what if this is how disconnected casting in Hollywood is to black Hollywood, I'll say. Because in black Hollywood, it's small. We all know who's who. We all know. You can bring up. There ain't a black person in Hollywood that's in this business that's a either comedic actor in the comedic business. So you don't bring up Aries names. You know who you are. Right. Everybody knows who you are. Like Lunell. I had Lunell on a couple weeks ago. And Nick Cannon God, tried to do it with that school movie right. or something. He put right, a lot of comedians right, in there. Right, right, So she, she, Lunell goes, everybody was in that. I go, you know, I had to audition for that. I went in front of a casting director for a small-ass part as a cop, right. and the whole time I'm there, I felt so demeaned. I was like this. Why am I auditioning for this? Why is this not given to me? This should have been, like, automatic. I right. said, because the, like... You my, are the Larry Bird of comedy, nigga. That, that was the one role I was like this. <laughs> what, is, what is going on here? And then, and it's almost like Michael Ely said, he goes, being in scenes with comedians, he goes, actors, Mike's like, I can handle it. He goes, when you get on set with a comedian, you're walking a high without a, without a, a net because you don't know where they're going to go. And he goes, I, Mike said, I respect comedians so much. He goes, because you guys are fearless in front of the camera. Right. You'll try something and be like, right. fuck it. Am I going to work? Am I not? Right. Fuck it. Every, every ad lib I tried and think like a man too made it. Right. And Tim's wow. story was like this. I don't know. I go, let me just try it. <laughs> wow. And it made it. Even when I said... Bennett says, hey, what's a pickaninny? And I was like, they go, you can't say that. I go, I didn't say it. Bennett said it. Right. Bennett would ask his black friends, what is that? Right, right, Without right, no right. offense. Okay, so it's talking about the N-word. I said the N-word to meet the blacks. And we ad-libbed that. Right. So I did get it off a little bit <laughs> when I was talking to Mike in yeah. the uh, thing. So I said, and we was just ad-libbing. And then right. it was like, Mike was like, oh! I can't believe you said that. Yeah, yeah, it works yeah, yeah. so perfect. But I didn't say it. My right. character said it. But but again, as comics, we go, look, and, and, and we know not everything is going to stick. But, you know, there's a reason why we are who we are and we do what we do. Instinctively, we go, oh, this will be funny. This will mm-hmm. make it better. And if all the, the, the ingredients are there and the timing is right and people are willing to play, we're not going into this going, oh, this is going to fail. We we're yeah. looking to hit the home run. Exactly. And 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 most times we do. Mm-hmm. Not every time, but most times we do. So yeah, man. I it's, love it. It's great being on set and hearing the camera guys laugh. And here's when what I always go, used to say when we when we were shooting mad. My thing was, man, fuck if the writers laugh. Oh my, and, I, and I say this even less. Fuck if my co-stars laugh. Those dudes. Because they're not impressed by fame. They don't give a shit. Yeah. And they've been around it all. So yeah. if you could make them hardcore motherfuckers laugh, yeah. you want to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I would love that shit, man. We we got a couple this episode. We got, oh, yeah? we got a couple chuckles back there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. These guys are good behind the camera, but every now and then you'll hear a hoo. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It, it validates <laughs> your funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So you was on set. You was on Mad. Bobby Lee was on there yes. for a couple seasons, right? Yeah. What's your take on Bobby? You know I started with him in San Diego. Bobby don't like me, man. Why? He Does thinks, he not like you? Because he thinks I don't like him. And 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 what what actually happened was, you know, he first came on Mad TV, he had issues, uh, like you know, substance. Let me just say substance abuse issues. Mm. And he would read, and he would tank sketches, not on purpose, but he just wasn't right. So, you know, and this is how we get our screen time. When we mm-hmm. go do a table read, we go in going, all right, if we can kill this, we get on. So anytime we would get the script the night before, we go, oh, I'm in a Bobby sketch. Because you just know. 
Oh, he was, he was just on one? Yeah, he was just, we knew if you were in a Bobby sketch, it wasn't going to make it, mm -hmm. which means you wasn't going to get no screen time. Yeah. And sometimes for a whole show, let's say we did 10 sketches made up an episode. There'd be nights where you might get one. So on a Saturday mm -hmm. night, you might have got seen once. There'd been times you don't get seen at all for mm -hmm. weeks. And you're just like, so people would get angry at Bobby. And I was one of them because I was like, nigga, get your shit together. And we mm -hmm. got one black writer who writes for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one going, nigga, they trying to, let's put an Asian and a black together. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, you know, that's where that came from. And, and I think that at times I made him feel like I didn't like him because I, I, I didn't purposely try to treat him a certain way. I just was, and listen, this goes to the improvement of Aries. Dude, I'm from New York. I'm brash. I say what I feel. I don't want to say cocky or arrogant, but I came into a lot of money and a lot of success early. So that does something to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't give a fuck what you do. Athlete, comedian, actor, anytime you come into money and success, and pussy and shit you've never had at, an, at, 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 a, at a lot in abundance, it fucks with your psyche. So I might have been assholeish at times. Mm -hmm. I apologize, Bobby. But at the same time, some of it was warranted. So yeah, Bobby holds that grudge against me. Uh, and you know, I wanted to do his podcast and he wouldn't, he'd say yeah, but won't return my calls. Text mm -hmm. me, but won't return a text. And mm -hmm. that's the other shit I don't like, which is why I'm going to you. When I text Gary, I made a conscious effort. Okay, deep breath. <laughs> Gary, I just want you to know I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> because you didn't I, say that shit. No, no, no. I did. I said, I don't, I don't want to come off like that dude. Yeah. Because Oh, because you kept, you want to yeah, get Yeah, because I kept hitting you. And I was I trying to be want, consistent. And my thing was, I didn't want to have you on Zoom I wanted to wait till we were in studio. I, wanted, I would have rather done this. Yeah, that's why I waited. Right. Yeah. But my whole thing was, I know this perception exists about me. So if I come off too crazy, I don't, I don't want to turn Gary off and make him go, nah, dude. Nah. But, but, but I know. I, I know, wasn't missing out on this no, shit. No, no, no. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I wanted a couple of Aries moments. <laughs> but, but, I, but I know that, and this is, again, what I hate about Hollywood. If you don't want to fuck with me, just say it. If you don't, mm. if you don't want me on your shit, just say it, but don't tell me to call you. Don't tell me to text you. And when I follow protocol, you running from me. You hitting me with a bunch of bullshit. Cause that's gonna piss me off. And now I'm gonna go, look motherfucker, and that ain't the thing you to do. You gotta stop doing that, Eric. <laughs> no, but stop I don't, I'm not, doing, I'm not that. doing that. I, I know, but stop. I think you're causing yourself more heartache and more frustration. If no one wants to fuck with you, fuck them. Okay, okay. But my thing is, why can't you just tell me that? Why the game? Because they don't, they don't want to get yelled at. They don't want to get cussed at by you. That's, that's the, I mean, that's the honest guy reason. If, in this business, very passive aggressive, as you know. Nobody, I was like this, I don't want, to, I don't want fucking Aries yelling at me. I don't want to be cussed at. I just don't want to deal with that shit. This, here's the math. Be honest. I accept honesty. We don't go no further. So if they're honest, you're not going to cuss them out? No! Aries. That's a, that's flat out. <laughs> I'm a dick. So so you okay? So you take I'm somebody. I'm a dick by design, nigga. I'm not just flat out being a dick. So if you let me ask you, this. if you text Bobby, Bobby, let me do your podcast. Bobby takes back. Aries, no. man, I'm just not fucking with you, and that's it. All love. 
Monster You're talk, not going to text him back on fuck no, you, Bobby? No, no. Listen, okay. nobody owes you anything. I'm not asking you to give me anything. I'm not asking you to, at the end of the day, if you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. We go mm -hmm. our merry ways, and that's that. And the blessing in that is, now I know who not to fuck with. Mm -hmm. Now I know how you really feel. Mm. But why play this game? Dap me up, pound me up, hug, love, my guy. And you don't mean that. I think sometimes, too, if, especially in this business, uh, you're going to run into people. What's and my man's name? Um, think like a man, the top dude, the, the producer. Will Packer? Will Packer. Yeah. I hit Will a couple times. Yo, I'm a fan, yo. I love mm -hmm. your shit. Will, can we please sit down and chop it up? Mm -hmm. Got you. And I have a three text or three phone call rule. I hit you three times and you don't respond or I feel like it's a runaround, I walk away. Mm -hmm. So from Will Packer, I was getting the same thing. And Alex Thomas even told me he got the same thing. And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dare talk crazy about Will. Yeah. I just don't understand that. Like if okay. you tell me you're a fan and you say you want to chop it up with me, mm -hmm. and then what are we gonna do? Okay, in Will's defense, you know, Will's my guy, and I've had people come to me like, why hasn't Will made you the lead in something? I've had people say that to me. I go, It's not my call, but I had a conversation with him. He did he did my podcast, right? right. So he, he and he texted me like, "Yo, uh, I think he was kidding. He was like, yo, I want to get on. We could talk about this because I told him he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So I hit him when they signed Brady. He told me the story of how Ludacris like sent him like uh, a video trying to be like an action guy, right? Sent him like a reel, right? You know, and I might be overstepping my boundary when he when he told me that. But what my thing is, we're texting him, calling him. There's motherfuckers out here putting reels together, and he has to watch it. You know, I, I sometimes I think like, you know how overwhelmed he must be with people calling and that. trying to get meetings? I totally get you know what that. I mean? So I don't think you should take it as personal. It, let me put it this way. I've called Kevin personally for movies, TV shows, the pitch to, hey, I auditioned for this. Send him my audition so he had it. I don't ever take it personal that I don't get the part. I just like, it's done. I did my due diligence. Let me keep it moving, right. you know? So I think <clears throat> when somebody's not calling you back in a three text rule, I would do a three month rule if I was you. Give right. it a couple months, Will. Hey man, if they ever, you're in town, I'd like to chop it up, you know? Right. Don't take that shit as personal as you take it. It's not that I'm, uh, okay, I, I, listen, it's not that I'm taking it personally. And maybe, look, let me step back. Maybe there's just something I don't know because I'm not at that level but I would think, like the saying goes, you make time for what's really important to you. And it, or what you feel should, you know, you can make anything happen if you wanted to. At the end of the mm -hmm. day, if you, if you go, you know what? I want to call this dude back. I want to mm -hmm. sit down with this dude. If you want to do it, you can do it. Now, mm -hmm. maybe this is because, again, I'm not at that level and I just don't know. Like you said, you get bombarded with a lot of shit, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I guess. But I, I just feel like if you give your word to somebody or you say to somebody, we're going to do this, if you really want to do it, you get it done. Period. He, I, yeah. He might have the best intentions. Like, gotcha. I want to do that. But, and let's just, the hierarchy of things. Maybe the day comes, fuck, I got to call Aries. Right? right. Jay-Z calls. 
I gotta take this fucking phone call now. Gotcha. Barack calls that motherfucker. Right. You know, oh, I didn't mean to call Will Packer a motherfucker. <laughs> but you know, like Michelle and Barack right, call right. like this. Man, now gotcha. I've committed to this, this, this. And he's got a family. Right. We, we ain't taking that into account. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe from where I'm standing, I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm not there to, to go, oh. So that's how that works. Listen, when he told me that ludicrous story, right. I literally went, holy shit, let me put my ego in check. I go, right. he's getting A-list dudes, like Ludacris is an A-list entertainer. Right. And I'm like, he's pitching shit. Right. Like, just on the, the whim, putting camera crews together and putting the scene together and like this, I'm like this. Right. I'm sitting there going, I want a phone call? Oh, I got to step my own game up a little bit. All right. You know what I mean? That's, right. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, It's I, a busy I, dude. And, you know, I, I don't ever try to take any of this personal. And we've all been through the ring. I've been auditioning for parts, and I don't live in LA. Right. And they keep asking me to fly out and telling me I'm going to get it, and then I don't get it. Right. I'm like, do I stay mad? Or do I just be like, well, that sucked. It's part of the business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, if I had come into this 10 years ago, I think I would have a different a different suit on. But I've been doing this 30 years, man. And mm-hmm. I and, and there was one episode on my podcast where me and my partner had, were going to quit the podcast, but then we decided to, you know, hash it out with an episode where we talk about it. And you know, I kind of broke down and got emotional cuz I just I'm I'm like I've been doing this so long, man. You get to a point where you just get tired. And you start to say to yourself, how much more can you take? How much more of laying up against the ropes and taking the rip shots can you take? And you've heard all the cliches, never give up. Because if you give up, you lose. If you give up, that could be the moment. It happens, blah, 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 blah. So I just know I can't. I was, I was watching uh, the James Brown movie, Get Up, with Chazuk Bozeman mm-hmm. yesterday. And he said... Uh, can't go backwards, because if you go backwards, you're dead. And I'm going, this is all I've done. So if I don't do this, what am I going to do? Move back to Jersey right. and live in my mom's? Right. I, that's death to me. So I'm in this till death. But I just go, I'm fucking tired. I don't want to get up today and shower and go to this meeting with a dude <laughs> who told me he's a fan and blah, 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 because I've been to this meeting, and I know how this ends. Mm-hmm. Now, it could end the right way, right? Yay. Mm-hmm. But I've done this so much, I'm just going, here the fuck we go. Well, if you can, I think there's one thing to say. If you can acknowledge <clears throat> that's your feelings, you know, I I think a lot of people have empathy. And you got, just like those meetings, man, 90% of them aren't going to be shit. But you don't know what leads to something else, right? Got you. So I'll, I'll give you an example. The day Trump won the election... I go on Harry Connick Jr.'s talk show. I thought Harry didn't like me. I thought it was flat. I left there like like I was at Captain Brian's. Like, fuck. <laughs> that was rough, right? Right, right. But everybody was in shock. Like, it was a shock to the system. From what? Trump just won the election. Oh. So the audience was flat. It was, and it was military appreciation. Day. That's why they had me on the show, because I'm ex-military. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? That crowd was flat? I don't think Harry liked me. It sucked, right? And I left there going, man, I'm never going to do a show again, blah, blah, blah. One of the producers on that show got moved on to another show and gave me a deal where I shot a pilot 
for a daytime talk show that didn't get picked up. Right. But me going on Harry got me another show that I had. When I finally asked it, I said, how'd you get wind of me? He goes, oh, I was a producer on a Harry Connick Jr. show. And when you came on, it's like you didn't even acknowledge everything was flat. You were just like doing you right. through the whole thing. And they was like, that guy's energy's right. So it's like you said with the Mel Gibson. It wasn't anything I said. It was right. just my energy was right. Got you. So I think a lot of times you, you shift your energy a little bit. Shit just starts to happen, man. I don't know. I want to do my Paul Mooney impression. Do that. I I, I, you know what? I didn't I, ask you to do any impressions because I, 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 knew you I know gonna... sometimes you don't like doing them. No, 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 no. I, I, don't, I don't mind doing them. I just... I, I didn't I, want to demand them. No, I got you. I got you. And I respect that because <laughs> sometimes we're going on the road. You know how these radio dudes are. Yeah. No real setup. Just, oh, uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> three shit. Any, you ever banged a chick and she asked you to do somebody else? Like no. her voice? No, no, Have you no. ever done it? <laughs> no. But I'd do it if it'd give me some ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always oh, my go, God. Uh, I got gang banged listen, by death chick. I always go, I always go, I always go, uh, I'm like the mafia, man. No women and kids. But women and kids. Yeah. I'll, I'll do impressions for women because I can get some pussy. And kids, because I ain't going to turn a kid down, yeah. man. Um, but grown dudes who hit me up at the airport or on the street, nigga, do, uh, I yeah. get paid for that, baby. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. dead ass is fat or <laughs> nigga, jazz hands, nigga. I'm all in, baby. As you should be. Yes. Um, so here, uh, I, I, I do want you to give me a little bit of a setup, uh, just like Paul all is right. here. So hey, uh, today on the podcast, I got Paul Mooney. Uh, the legendary, the legendary nigga. The legendary. Sorry about that, Paul. The now there's, there's, there's been. I, I wrote for Richard. I wrote for Eddie. I'm a legend, nigga. Get it right. I heard you did a little bit more than that for Richard, Paul. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> His son's ass was tasty, nigga. It was like a Popeye's chicken sandwich. It was tasty no, and sweating. spicy. <laughs> now, do you? Uh, and your act, you talk down about white people a lot. Oh, listen, you, oh listen to the white guy. Have you? Uh, listen to the white oh, guy. You do. You shame white people. You do. These crackers stick up for each other. No, Paul, I've been numerous of your shows. You put white people down constantly. I put, I put white people where they belong, you, just like they put niggas where they belong. You called us the devil. Yes, you devil. All of, all of you, all of you niggas are fiery. I'm sweating right now. There's a flame, nigga. But do, have you slept with a white person? I was getting even, nigga. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm sweating. <laughs> You're making me moist, Paul. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this fucking podcast is hot as fuck, by the way. <laughs> All right, I, I, I got to get in the budget a fucking fan. No, I'm oh. sweating. I get to laughing. I'm, I get to sweating. Oh, man. nice, man. All right, Paul. Well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Fuck you and your racist shit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny Paul Moody story. I was, uh, the LA Clippers, for some reason in 97, 98, when they had like Piekowski and Rodney Rogers mm -hmm. and all them, uh, Maurice Taylor, they did the, a Christmas party and Paul was the headliner, right? Mm. I was hosting. Paul would not let me bring him on stage because I wasn't big enough. Are you serious? He was like, uh, do Paul. Nigga, uh, your credits don't match my name. This is this is me backstage. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Moody? I'm all young and hey, hey, nice meeting you. Hey, I'm the host tonight. Uh, so anything you want me to say when I bring you up? Nigga, who are you? What I'm, have you done? I'm I, I ain't got a guy like credits. My name's Gary though, Gary Owen. Well then find me a black Gary with some credits, nigga. 
Hey guys, Paul won't let me bring him up. <laughs> That's really what it came down to. Let me tell you my Paul Mooney story. But let me tell you, let okay, me finish real quick. So Guy had to bring him up. Right. Uh, so I had to be like, hey, I'm bring back Guy Tory up. He had to bring him up. Right. And the fucking DJ who used to do the comedy store that yeah. sat in that little bird's nest yes. put on White Christmas. When he brought Paul. Are you serious? <laughs> I was like, How was his great. reaction? No, I don't think he caught it, but we oh, caught really? it on the side. We was like, did that oh, fucker just play? Because it was like the instrumental. Right, and I was right, like, right. did that motherfucker just put on White Christmas? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so go ahead. Um, kind of back at when Mad TV was like a well-oiled machine and we were really hitting our stride, I really wanted Paul to be a writer on the show. So I went and talked to Dick Blasucci, the main showrunner. I said, you guys got to have this meeting. So Paul comes, goes to the meeting. Afterwards, I'm pumped. I'm like, yo, Paul, how did it go? Homie, I'm too real. They're not going to hire me. I'm too goddamn real, homie. <laughs> I told them all of the jokes you have stolen from me. In Living Color, SCTV, <laughs> all of you, Mad TV, you have stolen from me. You stole my, my, my material. First you stole niggas, then you stole my material. <laughs> Paul, I listen, would... Paul was legendary for shooting himself in the foot. It was like, it was like, Paul, and, I, and then this is, when I would tell that story on stage, of course, my, I added, you know, Paul would say, nigga, comedy, I invented it. I invented comedy, nigga. The hieroglyphics on the caves, the first jokes, I wrote them. You know, so it was just, <laughs> you know, that's classic I Paul. would love for him to be of sound mind with this shit going on. The shit come out of his yeah. mouth right now? Yeah. Classic. Without the coronavirus, this shit, I would, listen, even though Paul... Talk so bad about white people. I ate it up. But now I'm glad you just said that because here's what's interesting. You're white and you're a comic. Yeah. So let's take you out of the equation. Whenever I would look at Paul's stuff on YouTube and I read the comments, mm. and listen, only either the diehard comedy fans could take Paul being white, mm. uh, but most times white people just were so offended by him, Ugh. where black people would go, what you got motherfuckers offended at? The truth? Right. So now let me put you back into the equation. Did you feel the way you, when you say that, is that more the comic saying that or the white guy in terms of how he would affect, like, you know what I'm saying? It's a combo. Okay. I would have to check my, my, my whiteness and be like, wow, he's kind of telling the truth a little bit, but it's the truth I don't want to hear. Got you. <laughs> and got it's you. also... I didn't do anything. Right. That's how a lot of people feel right now right. with this movement. I right. didn't do anything. Why are you guys mad at me? Right. But I'm like, so Paul was just like, like I said, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm what he, offensive proof. I can listen to Paul all day. I could even when Paul said I couldn't bring him up, I sat there and laughed my but ass. But when you go, I could listen to him all day. That's the comic in you. Yeah, you're a comic. Right. So that of course. But that's why I was asking: Does the white guy in you are you offended? No. All right. I'm not, I'm not at all. I don't get offended at all. Because right. I'm just like, hey, that's, that's his truth. That's how he sees shit. And he's ballsy enough to say it on stage. Well, here's the thing. And I've heard, I've heard certain white comics say this, which pisses me off. Again, I ain't going to say no names. But black comics are hacky because all they do is black, white material. Black people this, white people that. And I, first of all, I don't, I, let me not even defend it because it's ludicrous. But... You know, Chappelle and Patrice and some of the biggest names have done it. But when Paul does it, it comes off different, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, 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 we're all telling the truth. 
Yeah. It's funny as fuck. But there's a, uh, and now I feel like I'm a Karen, like I'm becoming white as I say this. But there's such a, 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 a an edge and a roughness to when Paul does it, you almost go, is this, is this jokes? Yeah. Versus that goes you back. clearly go, Patrice and Dave, man, it's jokes, baby. Goes back to energy. His energy on stage. That's like, the word. Whoa. Energy. Yeah. And I'm and, and I would never listen, Paul's a genius. I always say, you're a bad motherfucker when you write for bad motherfuckers. He wrote for mm -hmm. Richard. Mm -hmm. You know, he wrote for Eddie. Not the stand-up. Uh, but nonetheless, he's a legend. So I don't want to take away from his legend. But his energy, when I would listen to his stuff sometimes, I go, God damn, boy. Right, right. <laughs> Well, where is, is Patrice? Yeah, I mean, is it that bad? It is. Yeah, it is that bad. <laughs> but I'm just going in terms of you know, if Patrice is on stage saying this, or Dave is on stage, or Eddie Griffin, or me, yeah, do white people feel like, oh my god? Yeah, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where with Paul, it's oh my god. Paul was god. like, it was, it was, it was, it was his cadence. It was just how how he stood. It was his delivery. It was all that. It was just like, wow, it was right in your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you left there like, holy You almost felt fuck. like when Paul finished, he was going to go rob somebody white. Yeah. Where when Patrice and Dave finished, they might go have some. Oh, man, we just fucking around, man. around, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I asked my guests, all my guests, this one question before you get out of here. Uh, if there's one actor or director that you could work with, it's your movie, who would it be? Now, is it separate actor and director, or can it be two both? Whatever you want. Just somebody you haven't worked with that you want to work with. Oh, God. Uh, Denzel Washington uh, and Martin Scorsese, especially mm. since I know Martin don't really put niggas in his movies. <laughs> <laughs> see the first? Sam Jackson, he yeah. put in Goodfellas, but you see yeah. how that went out. So Denzel, do you do a Denzel impersonation? I do, but I'm, I'm damn near retiring it because of C. King. If y'all don't know... And I keep pumping this brother up, and I and I always say, look, me, Dean Edwards, Jay Farrow, Godfrey, and Reggie Reg do Denzel, and and I thought that Reggie Reg was the coldest from Bad Boys of Comedy. Mm -hmm. My man, look him up on Instagram. I am underscore C King. Puts us all to bed. Denzel. He's a nuclear explosion. Mm. I thought. It's almost like back in the day in the 80s and the 90s when you had your little herringbone neck chain and then the star wide receiver from whatever pro NFL team come in with the big cable. You tuck your shit yeah. and put your shit away. C. King makes me tuck my shit yeah. and puts my shit away. If you had Denzel, okay, you're doing a movie with Denzel. <clears throat> are you, my thing is some actors, I'd be like, I ain't gonna lie. I'd probably be a little nervous. I Denzel be one of those. I don't want to fuck up my line in front of Denzel. Any of the Titans, Pacino, De Niro, Denzel, Nicholson, even comedically, if I got a chance to work with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I, I would, got to work with Eddie. I know you did, and I was going to ask you something. I want to ask you something. I would be nervous at the flub in my lines because I'm, I'm so in. I'm about to, especially if I got to go back and forth with him. I got a bar. I got to go back and forth. With Eddie Murphy? It was brief, but it was still, we got to go back and forth. Okay. What were you, what were you feeling? Was he cool? Was he, what yeah. Was he, well, we, we did the table read. And he wasn't there. And then we did a rehearsal earlier in the day. He wasn't there. So the first time I met him was when he came around the corner 
and I'm in the broccoli outfit. I'm in the carrot outfit. Right. I'm sorry. So I'm in a fucking carrot outfit. Right. First time I meet Eddie Murphy. Right. So he comes around, and I don't think he knew I got the part, but he stopped. He goes, oh, man, what's up? Do like, you already know who you were? Yeah, and knew one of my jokes. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm here. Wow. He knew that he said, you said, uh, this was dating in 2003, 2002 when we shot it. Is you're the one that said the world's kind of upside down right now because the number one rapper's white and the number one golfer's black. Right. There's Tiger and Eminem. And right. that, that was pretty much just a joke, but that's all he said to me. And then I got to see his genius up close because we were just making this shit up about the broccoli and the carrot. Like, I don't, right. don't want to be a bush. It's not your stock, your strong stock. Right. That was not written. He was just going with it. <sighs> and he literally just like, yeah, let's just, let's just go. And we came back and we did like four different takes and every take was a little different. And I was just like, wow. So the whole time he's going with you, is your brain racing going, how oh, funny, I gotta be funnier. I, no, I was this? excited. Yeah. I, here's the thing, I knew, here's how, here's how I got the part in Daddy Daycare. I go to audition, I was supposed to be auditioning for Eddie Griffin's movie, Baby Mama. Right. Uh, that audition was at 3 p.m. I get a phone call at 10 a.m., you gotta head down to the Fox lot. And you got Daddy Daycare. I, I, this is how I got it. I'm driving thinking, I'm in my head about this Eddie Griffin audition, which was about six pages. Right. So the whole day I'm like, uh, hey, Gary, you got to go down and uh, we got this movie for you with Eddie Murphy. I said, no, no, Eddie Griffin. Yeah, it's at three o'clock. No, no, this Eddie Murphy's at like 11 a.m. I go, what? I go, no, I got Eddie, it's three o'clock, Eddie Griffin. They go, no, no, you have an audition for this movie called Daddy Daycare that Eddie Murphy's on at 11. I go, I don't have the fucking size. They go, it's one line. I was like, okay. So I go there, I got this one page with one line, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, fuck? All right, so I go in, and everybody's in there, Steve Carr, the producers, everybody. Right. I drag the kid in, because all the kids were in audition for the kids part, they were just kind of seeing me. I drag the kid in, I snaked around him, and that's when I spelled the B-R-O-C-C-O-L-I, and I'm literally spelling it, like, am I spelling this right? And I did the song right there on the spot. And they go, that's the only audition I have where they say you got the part. So, because you did Daddy Daycare, you couldn't do Eddie Griffin's movie? Oh, no, I auditioned. I just didn't get the part oh. in the Eddie Griffin movie. So, you didn't get chuckles, but you got the improv. Right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great day. Right. That was a great day. And just to be on set with not just Eddie, but Jeff Garland, Steve Zahn, just, uh, you know, just those guys are all so cool. And it goes back, Jeff Garland said to me, he goes, he goes, man, I've been doing this shit for like 20 years, man. He goes, I'm... I'm 40 now. He goes, and I finally got a fucking lead role with Eddie Murphy. I remember him saying that to me, like, right. man, I'm 40. Finally got a lead role. He was he was kind of voicing what you was voicing right. earlier. Right. But that was, and then when I went into editing, I met the director, Steve, because that part got me the part in Martin's movie, or I went back and forth with Martin with the bird. Right. The rebound. Uh, same director. So I go into the editing bay and he's telling me, yeah, I got this other movie with Martin. I go, I'm, you know, they're casting it, but I'm gonna get you a small part in it, but it'll be, right. it'll be memorable. Right. We're in the editing bay, and the editor is not on me as I'm doing the dance with the broccoli. He's on Eddie's reaction, and Steve goes, "What are you doing?" And the guy goes, "Huh?" He goes, "I got a fucking six foot three guy in a broccoli outfit. Get him on camera." <laughs> he goes, "He's snaking around kids. Get him on the fucking camera." So. If I wouldn't have been in that day and, and Steve like talking to me and showing right. me my scene, right. I don't know if the scene would have been in there like that. Because the, the, the editor had it all on Eddie, like right. his reaction. He goes, since I was there, he wanted to show me the scene. 
And then the editor, editor went, oh, okay, and he, he fixed it. Well, quick story, uh, when you mentioned Denzel, uh, Hill Harper, uh, I guess it was He Got Game, that movie He Got mm-hmm. Game, uh, was in that movie. And funny story I heard, uh, the at the table read, and at one point Hill Harper has to go to the bathroom. So he tries to, hey guys, I gotta, and Spike Lee's like, sit down, fucking where to read, don't. 10 minutes later, Denzel has to go to the bathroom, and then he goes, all right, everybody, bathroom break. And Hill Harper, <laughs> Hill Harper goes to Spike, hey man, I come when I wanted to go, I couldn't, but Denzel, he goes, let me put it to you like this, uh, he's Jordan, you're Judd Bushler. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. There you go. Okay. All right, man. Well, look, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you any longer. Okay. Can I, I promote my podcast, please? Of course. Yes. Promote whatever you want. Uh, am I in this camera right here? Uh, first of all, Gary, thank you for having me. Uh, please support my podcast. It's called Spears and Steinberg. Uh, it's available on all social, uh, all streaming platforms: Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Or what you can do is you can hit me up in my Instagram under Airy Spears, DM me, and I will personally send you all three links. This is the happiest interview Aries has ever done. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. It might have been. What you got like a f- well, how many you got two point million? What you what you got followers on Instagram? Uh coming up on two, but uh between Facebook, Instagram is like five mil. How the fuck what am I doing wrong, nigga? I, I just got hundred and twenty thousand. You know what you gotta do? Start posting more stand up videos. Be honest. Find find your shit, cut it up, and when you're on the road, get the club to record you. Not that you want to record your set, but every now and then you'll get an audience shit, and it hits. People like to know they're like behind the curtain. So you you like don't record me and shit. Get the club to record you, and every now and then you'll get somebody in the audience. I had one a couple weeks ago. I had uh, this lady from Germany. She was with a black dude from Cincinnati. Talked about him for eight minutes. I'm never gonna do it again. Right. So you'll put use it on that. YouTube. Right. And it, it it didn't go viral, but it had a couple hundred thousand hits. Really? So it's like, you okay. know what I mean? I, okay. that, to me, we're stand-ups. Right. So we're not we're not the sketch guys. We're not uh we're not the sexy motherfuckers showing our bodies off. Right. We're stand-ups. At right. the core, that's gonna draw people in. So right. I would say podcast is great, talking's great, but stand up. How long did it take stand-up. you to get mil into the millions? I hit one million about a year and a half ago and the more you get the faster it grows it starts really? grow- just like it's just like podcasting numbers okay it just grows and then it starts boom 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 boom. right you know what i mean okay i would say stand up All get right. them clubs to record you and every now and then you'll get something off the top of your head you're not ever gonna say it again right right you're in dallas start talking you know if you're in dallas and dak prescott shows up and you start talking about him <laughs> you know it's funny uh i was in dallas and tony romo Came to my show. Was he cool? Cool as a motherfucker. Oh, really? And, and he and, and and when the dudes told me he was coming, he was like, "Yo, Tony's coming. He's a fan of yours, dude." So I walked up, Mr. Romo. He was like, "Dude, you're funny as a motherfucker." And then he slapped my hand, and then I went, "Now I see why these motherfuckers get paid the way they get paid." Oh. Nigga, that hand slap. And and first of all, I assume Tony Romo, short dude, was taller than me. Yeah. And but he's a he's a quarterback amongst these. Neanderthals, and he's still strong as a motherfucker. Yeah, and I was like, these athletes, dude, Jesus Christ. Yeah, motherfucker slapped my hand like his dick had weight to it. Nigga, it was a <laughs> look at. But it's a perfect example. You're sitting there, like, oh, I'm tired, man. Da 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 da. Tony Romo, I'm tired, man. I can't ever get to the fucking Super Bowl. It never pans out in the playoffs. 
he even know all his money was coming from from being an analyst. Okay. He was it was all over all over here. He's the best analyst out there in my book right now. Right. I, he calls the plays before they're out there. You don't know where it's coming from, man. And I went in on him, and the all crowd right. loved it. He loved yeah. it. Yeah. And I so to what you're saying, I'm like, damn, if I had if that, you had that. Boom. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You never know. I saw these clubs, they have camp the improv. I don't know if Chuckles does. But <laughs> <laughs> so they, they got they got a they got a nigga that's eating his uh chicken wings and right. shooting you. He's like this. At the same you missed time. the whole part. Oh, this shit good. Let right me here. tell you something. You've done Chuckles, right? Yeah. Have you done the one in Mississippi? Yeah. Okay. Uh and we talked about this. On I, my, I came the week after you. Oh, okay, okay. We talked about this on my podcast. Again. Funny bones, improvs, nice shit. And Chuckles is cool. Uh, but I'm sitting here like the same fat nigga that's in the corner eating wings is also security. Yeah. So what you gonna do, dog? The yeah, wings exactly. or the security? Because if like some a- shit pop off right now, I got to wait for you to wipe your fingers before you come help me. You know what I say when I did Chuckles? I go, just so everybody knows, there is one grease pit back there. So your fries taste like chicken fingers, cheese sticks, apple fritters. Like this, oh, I got a cheese stick fry. I got a fried pickle fry. It, it was crazy. <laughs> it's one grease. The, 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 the kitchen, the go, which you have to go through to get to the green room, the floor is nothing but grease. Yeah. So oh, you're sliding. You, oh, yeah. So if you are late for your set and you're trying to dash out that bitch, you might get eight degree burns as you slide into the fucking French fry grease. God bless black clubs. But there's levels to this shit. And this listen, funny. We, 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 black clubs, we trying to come up. We trying to find our place. So there's some struggles that happen yeah. with black clubs. But Jackson, Mississippi, too. <laughs> I'm, let me say this one last thing. Okay. I, I don't think I do well in the South. And, I, and I'm not saying I don't do well. Crowds love me. Aries, you mind my favorite cop? I just think certain guys are built. Bruce, Bruce, Arnez J. Certain dudes are built for that energy. I don't think I am. Uh, so I did Mississippi. I, um, and the first night I was there, I ordered a pizza. And the girl says to me, and again, I'm an East Coast nigga, and I'm, I'm very biased. You know, I think our shit is the best. I'm, mm. just, I'm so East Coast. I almost don't like anywhere else. But the girl goes, okay, sir, we're going to deliver you pizza. What street you on? This bitch really said street. street. <laughs> and I said, I got to get the fuck out of Mississippi because these niggas don't read. Uh, <laughs> and I might run into some slave catchers. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> That's that rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. Spears and Steinberg, DM me on Instagram. I'll send you the link. Please support it. Gary, thank you so much, Yes, man. sir, man. This is uh, Gary with another episode of the Get Some Podcast with Aerie Spears, and he was happy the whole episode. I found my growth. <laughs> All right, y'all. See you next week. <laughs>